Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Sandra. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we're going to be talking about cocktails. We're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you will love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail-wise. So let's hear what's on the show this week. Christmas is coming, so naturally we're getting into the spirit of things, literally. We start by mixing ourselves a drink that's guaranteed to get any party started. A champagne cocktail, what else? Then we crack open another sparkler, the deliciously tasty low ABV Fortnum & Mason winter sparkling tea. The other pick from our seasonal drinks cabinet is Black Cow Christmas Spirit, a creamy vodka packed with all the flavours of Christmas pudding. The recipes and hosting tips in Julie Rayner's excellent book, The Craft Cocktail Party, gets a big thumbs up from us, as does the great times, good vibes and amazing live music to be experienced at QT at The Green Room in London's Covent Garden. Last but by no means least, we head over to Barcelona to check in with our favourite party person, Mo Aljef from the Two Schmucks family. Listen up for his advice on the main ingredients for creating the perfect party vibes and crowd-pleasing drinks to have on the menu. But first, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves that cocktail. We're in the party season, we're in party mood, and nothing says party more than fizz. Absolutely agree. Well, when we're talking drinks, that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really does. Exactly. It does. And also, yes, champagne, or you can have cava, you can have cremant, but there's something really nice about making a cocktail with champagne. And we are the cocktail lovers. Absolutely. So this is what we're going to do. We're keeping it classic. We're going to have a classic champagne cocktail. Oh, I love a champagne cocktail. Who doesn't, really? Well, <laughs> I mean, you can, as we say, you can pour your guest an ordinary glass of fizz, but just a little bit of effort goes a long, long way to pleasing your guest and yeah. really getting the cocktail party well, it, started. It's, it's nice that feeling of for your guests when you're entertaining to to go that extra mile, make them feel special, and it makes you feel good about making them feel special. Yeah, and as we said, this is really simple, and and you can make it as jugy as you like. So you can use champagne, and champagne is great to use. Keep it dry. But you can also use a dry carver or a dry wine, which we've done before, haven't we? A dry sparkling wine. But today we are going full on champagne. I think also you said uh, when we were talking about this once before, you said about avoiding Prosecco. Yes, yes, definitely. Because Prosecco is already sweet. So you don't want to add... You don't want to add extra sweetness because we're adding the sugar cube to this recipe. That's what the recipe calls for. So you don't want to have something cloying like no, no, Prosecco. No. So what we start with, we've got our champagne flutes here. We've chilled them slightly just to yeah. give it that extra bit okay. of, you know, something special. <laughs> <laughs> so what we take is some Angostura bitters, which we call our kitchen seasoning. They are. Cocktail every, every, seasoning every and cocktail kitchen seasoning. Have them. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's three dashes of Angostura bitters per cube of sugar. It's funny, whenever I do this, and I know you're doing it in the moment, but I always just love this. I always have that moment when the Angostura bitters go on the sugar cube and it all starts going pink. Yes. And you start smelling it straight away. Absolutely. So you drop those into the bottom of your champagne okay. flute. So they're nicely coated and you can see the Angostura seeping through. It's beautiful. It's like a little bit of magic. <laughs> then we have some cognac, Ooh. some VSOP cognac, 30 yeah. mils. We're using H by Hein because, as we've said before, if you've listened to any of our other episodes, this uh, is a cognac that's been created for cocktails. So it's a lovely balance. We love it. Yeah, it's. I, I, I remember saying it's sort of, 
not left in the wood too long, so it's more floral. Floral, so a bit lighter, it's beautiful. Yeah. So it's 30 mil per glass. So you just pour that into your champagne flute. This is all built in the glass, mm -hmm. which means you layer everything together in the glass. So and no shaking, no, no shaking, simple, nice simple, easy. simple. So 30 mils per glass. And then it's the time for the fizz. Right. So bear with right. me. This is one of two bottles of fizz I'm going to open in this episode. <laughs> so hopefully they'll both behave. Ooh, here it comes. Love that. <laughs> and then you top your glass with a beautiful cold or chilled, shall we say. Yeah. And it, oh, it looks so lovely because you see the, the effervescence and the And it uh, makes it even more effervescent, doesn't it? It's just yeah. beautiful. And it's got this lovely amber colour to it. And it is the champagne cocktail to get Thank the you. Christmas party oh, started. This is, uh, really starting our Christmas season. Uh, let's cheers. Do cheers. Cheers. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Yes, oh, sir. Delicious. It's something magical about Angostura and cognac and champagne. I mean, it always works. It's a 100% winner. Absolutely. So tell us, what are you going to be making in our next episode? So in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to keep the Christmas vibe going. And Christmas and winter always says to us sort of things like flips. So I'm going to make a flip. What is a flip? It's a bit like eggnog, only about 100 times easier to make. Right, good. So that's why I like it, because there's none of that. It's rich, but it's Whipping it's like, creams yes, and putting yes. things to stand. Make it all in the glass, blah, blah, blah. And the other great thing about the flip that I'm going to make with us is you can use your spirit of choice. So whatever you want to make it with, you can make it with brandy, rum, gin, whiskey, whatever you want to make it with. So have that standing by. Then some sugar syrup, you know, our old favourite that we've used a lot in the podcast. So half sugar, half water, shaken up. So have sugar syrup standing by, one whole egg and some nutmeg to grate on top. And I will be making a flip Lovely. And one last thing I forgot to mention about my champagne cocktail. You do express a little bit of orange zest over the cocktail just to give it that lovely citrusy vibe. And that really, really helps to lift the whole thing together. So that was the missing ingredient. Right, so we're going to go for a low ABV drink. I think that something that we need during this time, there's a lot of alcohol really is consumed over the festive period. So I just thought it would be quite nice to try something that's a bit low ABV, or in fact, it would have been better to do something non-alcoholic, but this is midway it's the point. happy medium. It is. And, and also with this, what we're talking about, there are other variants that are non-alcoholic, but this one one is the Fortnum and Mason's Winter Sparkling Tea. Ooh. And very much conceived in the way that a wine has been conceived. It's actually by a former sommelier. And he's used his expertise to make this wonderful tea. Well, I hope it's wonderful. I've heard great things about it, not right. tasted it yet. <laughs> so we're going to do this live for you guys on air. So as I said, it is a low ABV, and this one is actually 5%, so very negligible. Yeah. But what it is, it's a blend of different teas, all very organic and all carefully selected and individually extracted for their flavour. So you've got things like chai teas, you've got white teas, black teas, and anybody that knows their teas will tell you that they all need to be brewed at different temperatures to get the most out of them. Yeah, okay. And that's what's been done here. And with this one, it's been very much conceived for the winter season. So there's supposed to be lots of aromatic spices, warming mm. winter spices to warm your cockles throughout the winter season. <laughs> so yeah. shall we have a little yeah. go? Yeah, um, actually, that's tell us a little bit because about the bottle as well, because it looks like, you know, yeah, a, a it's, it's champagne you know, one. this is Fortnum and Mason. So obviously everything that they do is very top end. So the bottle itself is is... 
it's like a champagne bottle. Yeah. You know, it's very, very beautiful. Um, the, the label itself says spiced, aromatic and complex. A celebratory blend of chai, Darjeeling and silver needle teas. And it's actually produced specially for Fortnum and Mason. And you've had that chilling? Had this chilling. It's... Now we're going right, to pop okay. live on air as well. Right, so let's that. hope it doesn't go. Here it comes. Ooh, there go. Lovely. So, you know, this is tea, but tea not as you know it. Well, as I we can't said, wait. very is... much um, blended as you would do a champagne with different mixes of grapes, but instead of the grapes we've got we've got teas and spices. Now, this looks very special, and I'm sure it's, it's going yeah, to taste it looks, special. It looks, Smells divine, actually, from here. It looks like a champagne. There you go. Okay, thank you. Let's have a little mm. nose. Now, you can get some sort of cinnamon. No, I, I'm getting more of the chai, I think. You? Yeah, I'm getting sort of... The, I'm getting a bit of cinnamon and orange. Oh, that's fresh. lovely. Yeah, very mm. orangey. Very... There's a Ooh. bit of cinnamon... I would say sort of tastes appley as well, like stewed apples, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's intriguing, isn't it? Mm. Because you've talked a lot about the tea. And I, I don't know if I'm feeling... Oh, that's it. lovely. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, the power of suggestion. Of, mm. uh, you know, it feels like there's a little bit of old greyness going on. Yes, well... And they're... a little bit of tannin in the finish. But, oh, but get it... you, Mr. <laughs> tea Blender expertise. Uh, that's, that, that's the only two things I know to say. But... But I was expecting it, expecting it to be like, oh, that taste of tea. But it doesn't. It's just a really delicious drink. Yeah, exactly. And I think that these sparkling teas have become a really big thing at Fortnum's since they've been. Mm. I think they've been in the store since about twenty nineteen, okay. something like that. But they've become one <clears> of their most. Well, they're best-selling innovations, in a way, in their 300-year history. So it's something that they're very proud of, and it's something that the Copenhagen Tea Company are very proud of for partnering with Fortnum & Mason over these teas. So as I said, there are another two in the range, and those are non-alcoholic. Um, so it's a great thing to have during the party season for people that want to celebrate but don't want to feel like they're missing out on the champagne no, and no. the champagne cocktails and all of the things that are going on. This is something that will make all of your guests feel very, very special. Yeah. It's seventeen ninety five for the, what is this, 75CL bottle? Uh, I would guess 70. Yeah. 75, oh, 75 it is. Yeah, cool. exactly. And it's the winter sparkling tea and it's available from Fortnum and Mason and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Keeping with this Christmassy theme, I have gone for something described by the maker as Christmas in a glass. And it is the Black Cow Christmas Spirit. Can't wait for that. It looks great, actually, it I must does. say. It's a lovely little bottle. Well, I say little. I've got the 50, 50. CL bottle. Mm. And uh, the, the liquid within looks luscious and deep brown, almost black. And the label is a, a nice luscious black label with a hint of gold. And the gold is saying Christmas Spirit. And it's also showing very, very small little reindeers pulling a very small little sleigh so that looks really really lovely i do like black cow vodka anyway so it'd be lovely to see what they do with the christmas spirit well that's i mean it's kind of a luscious vodka isn't it mm. i think it should lend itself well to this and how they describe it as i said they call it christmas in a glass they've sort of basically said it's all the ingredients of christmas pudding basically right. from their kitchen and they've macerated them within the vodka so in that you get winter fruits and spices so there's brown sugar currants figs raisins orange zest lemon zest cinnamon and vanilla so all sounding really delicious and have they added quince which is my favorite ingredient in my homemade christmas puddings no no <laughs> <laughs> but i think to be fair 
It's yeah, sound, it's, it's, it's sounding good. good. Yeah. So, and also, they've already picked up an award for this, so at the, a gold medal at the International Wine and Spirits Competition. So, sounding mm. good. And I think they sold out of this last they year. They did, indeed. Yeah. They did. So, uh, if this is as good as we're hoping it's going to be, you better get in quick. So, it's 37.5 ABV. And they really say, make sure you shake the bottle. Oh, right. okay. Because uh, I think of the nature of the ingredients is, I know, you know, there is a little bit of sediment at the mm. bottle. And you definitely don't want to miss out on all the flavours. So I'll just give that a good shake and I'm going to... We're lucky to have got open. that bottle, actually, because I know that it sells out very quickly. Ooh. Ooh nice gold cap coming mm. up. Right, I will pour us a little of this. Now, they, they recommend, or suggest, I should say, different ways of serving it which is over ice as a base for a champagne cocktail and uh, also with cloudy apple juice i'm warming it oh that would toddy, be nice yeah. but we're having it neat mm. so let's go in it's an interesting color actually it looks like there's cloudy apple juice in it already you know because yeah. well it is kind of cloudy as i said yeah why i had to give it a shake mm. so, so there's a lot going on in there it does smell of christmas pudding i have to say it definitely tastes of Christmas pudding. There's all of those um, mm. raisins and stewed fruits and, yeah. And oh, that's, that is, I, I think they've not Christmas in a glass. That. Christmas in a glass. I think they're bang on with that description. And actually, and it's not too cloying or sweet, is it? There is a thickness there, it's I must say. Unctuous is that. Yes, my yes. My favourite word. I know, unctuous. we've heard that before. <laughs> also, look at the legs on the glass, which is the actual viscosity. Legs, tell us what you mean when you say legs. Well, if you hold a glass up to the light yeah. and you sort of twirl it around a little bit yeah. and oh, you'll yeah. see there's a trail of, what would you say, the, the spirit that that is left that's, in the glass. That clings to the side. That of clings the glass. to the side of yeah. the glass. Absolutely. So that's what the legs are. And here, because you can see that it's taken a long while for them to trickle down the glass, that shows that there's a lot of viscosity here. So it's got a good, it's got a good set of legs on yeah. it. This one. <laughs> good set of legs. Mm. I'm going to have another little taste just mm. to make sure I still love it. Hmm. Again, like the um, the the sparkling tea, there's a lot of orangey in there as well as the as well as the spices as well. It just tastes yeah. delicious. I, I mean, it really warrants going back to again and mm. again. I mean, I think we're just drinking it straight, and I think it's a uh, like a liqueur. You know, mm. you could serve this any time. But as I said earlier, their suggestions. I think this as a basis for a champagne cocktail mm. would be fab. So that, definitely give that a go. Yeah. Well, the next time we make the champagne cocktail, we'll do it with with this instead. And as you say, the with warmed with some warm apple juice. I think that would yes, be yes, and uh, and great. garnish with a cinnamon stick. I think mm. that would be very good. So, and I think it would it would make you think of other ways to use it. I think you could use this in a number of ways. So. There we are. That's Black Cow Christmas Spirit, £25 for 50cl or £32 for 70cl. It's available from blackcow.co.uk. And details, of course, will be on our website, thecocktaillovers.com. And we suggest getting it quick before it sells out. And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. Hi, guys. My name's JJ Goodman, coming from the London Cocktail Club. And my hack is I'm a big fan of Prosec, Quantro, Grand Marnier-based cocktails. And when I go to house parties, I can never, ever, ever find it in the cupboard. My hack would be to take a little bit of orange peel, mix it with a little bit of a sugar syrup uh, and a splash of vodka. And you are up, up, up and away with a gorgeous triple sec cocktail hack. Enjoy. from the cocktail lovers see our digital and print magazine and make sure that you subscribe you can find out all about it on our website thecocktaillovers.com and also you'll find out where to subscribe for our magazine which is available four times a year in digital and print Okay, we've got a wonderful place for the festive season. We have. It's perfect for groups. It's perfect for if you're just in, you know, a deux with your beau or your friend or whatever. <laughs> or even if you just want to go somewhere on your own and soak up the party vibes. Yeah. 
It's a place called QT at the Green Room, and it is at the Middle Eight Hotel in Hoburn, really. So really good central location and a fantastic, fantastic place for getting yeah. into the party spirit. Absolutely. It, it's uh, Let's dis- describe it. As you say, it's, co- it's connected to a hotel, mm. but you enter via a side entrance so you don't go through the hotel you go down some stairs so sort of little speakeasy vibes i was trying to avoid saying speakeasy yeah and it doesn't look like a speakeasy at all it looks like a building yeah and as you walk down the stairs you're not really quite sure what you're in for and then you kind of go into this lovely room it's sort of not huge but Mm. it's an intimate room got a nice bar at the rear and at the front there's a, a small stage and in between it's laid out with lots of Lovely little chairs. It's, as you said, it's good. It's particularly good for dates mm. uh, because it, it's just a couple of chairs around it. You've all got your own little kind of coffee table. Mm. And it's really a cabaret com- style, yeah, isn't com- it? Uh, nice little chairs and also some booths for mm. those larger groups you were talking about. Yeah, it is cabaret style. And it's for me, it was like it felt like a place I've been looking for for a long time. Mm. And now, oh, yeah, it's, it's a place where you can have some nice drinks, listen to some really good great music. music and does have a big fat grin on your face and it's an excuse to dress up which we an always excuse like. to dress up and also you can dance as well which is yep. the thing so it actually has all bases covered so you can have food and drinks yep. and you've got your entertainment and a little bit of shake a leg or fling foot as they like to say yeah. uh, you know it's it's a really good thing and so it's a mixed kind of crowd as well because i think there were some really young couples mm. there right up to some us well <laughs> And, and and beyond and beyond uh so we certainly weren't the youngest but we weren't the oldest in the room and everyone was equally having a great time yeah so let's describe it so as we said it is a cabaret setting and that is one of the feel-good vibes you know you don't have to dance so it's not like you feel like you're forced fun you can actually sit back and enjoy the entertainment but you can be part of the entertainment if you want to so On stage, it's Leo Green, this amazing saxophone player who's played with everyone from Paul McCartney, Lionel Richie, James Brown, Van Morrison, you know, fantastic pedigree. And then also, equally, the backing band have got just as good pedigree. So they've done everything from Jay-Z, Rita Ora, Aretha Franklin, all sorts of people. And they are shit hot shall yeah. we say yeah 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 and 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 also first of all you know when you hear cabaret you can sort of think mm, maybe it's going to be a bit too jazzy a bit too one way or the other but this is all of the songs that you know but they've reworked them into some really click finger you know yeah. that you're moving about in your seat and well that's the thing i i i had a slight reservation before we got there because i thought is it going to be like jazz combos really you know you know jazz is great but you know sometimes it's all a bit too serious and everyone's getting into their solos and trancing out and all that this is the absolute antithesis of Mm. that it puts a big smile on your face yeah so you get twists on everything from you know all about the bass to george michael there was some van halen twists you know but all of them done yeah all of them done really really well and the, the band look like they're having the best fun. And they really, that really is infectious. It really feeds into yeah, the audience. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, a lot of the time people get up and they actually encourage you to join but in. I think they've had some real celebrities. Yeah, they've that, had Beverly they? Knight jump up on stage and do a turn with them. But equally, just ordinary members of the public yeah, that want yeah. to grab the mic and, and join in. So there's a and fantastic party vibe. They actually, when it launched, it's only been open since October and it was only on Friday and Saturday nights, but now they've added Thursdays yes, as well. Yeah. So there are two shows every evening. So one from 8 till 9.15 and then the other is 10 till 11.15. Yeah. And then a DJ comes on and it's open till two o'clock that's the the after party yeah and it's great you know and you know so it's not just about the music as we said we had the best time it was it was fantastic we were both gritting like idiots yeah every time the song came up it's like 
oh, I love this one. Yeah, but we're, doing it we're joining style. in yeah, and yeah. everything. But also the cocktails are worth a mention as well. Well, so we should th- talk about the cocktails. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So the cocktail list, there's about eight cocktails on the list, all priced at £12. And there's a range from things like Earl Grey Sour to... uh, Barrel-aged Negroni. Yeah. Espresso Rumtini. Yes, and I had um, an ice-dry martini, which is served in a little bath of ice. And um, so you can... Pour your your martini into your up, glass yeah. as, as you as you like. It's beautiful. What did you have? I had the QT Manhattan, which was Sazerac Rye, Grand Marnier, and Antica formula, and it was. And what I liked about it, it was a it was a tasty drink, but also it was served in a night kind of cool, old fashioned Nicanora glass, and it just suited the setting for me. I felt like I was in a smart club, mm. drinking a smart cocktail, listening to some fun swing music. So that all merged together yeah so and, and also you know yeah. the cocktails are good and it, it, there's nothing to frighten the audience with i think most people will know these drinks but they've given them all a little twist of their own so that's great but also if you like wine the wines were really well priced you know so the glasses start at seven and the bottles start from 24 which is a great price for an evening out yeah. actually and the most expensive one was 49 okay so you know they have three choices of red rosé and white and they all start at 24 to 49 so you oh, know great. that's a really good and they thing they had like little we didn't actually try the food that night but mm. they were they it looked good sharing platters sharing yeah platters. Exactly. So again, you know, all the ingredients there for a nice night out. Yep, perfect for Christmas and we're definitely going to go back. We are. And a quick word about prices. It starts from the tickets, which don't include food and drink, but this is just for entry. Uh, start from £25, and which is sort of at the bar, moving through up to £45, which is sort of front row. Front row seats, but they're, they're great. And as we said, that the, the setting is beautiful. The seats are really comfortable. You've got your own little table and it's a First class rocking show. So we definitely, definitely recommend it. And we will be back. I am loving the fact we're talking about Christmas. So when it came to the book choice, I was looking at the shelves, going along, looking for Christmas inspiration. Mm. And my eyes fell on the craft cocktail party. Delicious drinks for every occasion. Marvellous. By Julie Reiner with Caitlin Golan. Lovely. And We've had that one for quite a while, actually, we have. We? I think it was published about five, six years ago, something like that. So, yes, we have had it a while. But it jumped out at me, as I say, with Christmas in mind, because what I love about this book is that it is seasonal. Julie has broken it down into autumn, spring, winter, summer, that sort of thing. And I I think we should just put it in context that Julie is an amazing Mm. multi-award winning US bartender. She owns the Clover Club, the Great Clover Club Bar, which was launched in 2008 and has won countless awards. Uh, So she really knows her stuff. But what I love about this book is the way, yes, she's an expert bartender, but her tone of voice is really friendly and it just sounds like a nice person explaining to you how to make some great drinks at home for friends and she really emphasizes that because she talks about her loving of drinks of going beyond the glass to making drinks being about sharing with friends and celebration so that in her bar yeah but now she's brought that to this book Mm. and i love all of that so that's that's what grabbed me so i've dived in particularly to not surprisingly the winter section because therein lies ideas for christmas and new year hurrah which is exactly what we want yeah and she's done lots and lots of clever things in this book and one it's interesting we talked earlier when we're talking about drinks for christmas and maybe wanting some not necessarily non-alcoholic but certainly low Mm. abv drinks and she's very aware of that and her what i think she calls her secret weapon is sherry and she really loves sherry. So there are a lot of sherry-based recipes. It's funny about the sherry, isn't it? Because I think sherry is a very, um, something that we think of as being Christmassy. But yes. we usually equate it with your granny or your aunt, don't you? You know, so it's quite nice that she's brought it up into modern day yes. palettes. I think she's really championed it. And she uses it as a basis for a lot of drinks right. in the book. And as she says, it's sort of on the 
one hand, it is lower ABV, but it's still in all its variants. It's got lots of character and lots of backbone. So you still get great drinks. Mm. I'll just give you one example of that. There's a fabulous drink here called the Bamboo. And uh, this is not one she's created, but there are several in here that she's brought in and she credits where, where they came from. This one was created in Japan. But let me just tell you, this is made with Oloroso Sherry, Dry Vermouth, orange bitters and angostura bitters so it's kind of got the vibe of something like i don't know a manhattan or something like that but as she said it's a lighter drink mm, so i've had a bamboo they're delicious oh really you've mm, had one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay so i mean i think things like that the sherry thing is good for lighter drinks she also does a similar thing with port she talks about food pairing and in terms of it being very much a book for uh oh not book but the section is about sort of sharing uh, she also talks a lot about champagne-based drinks, and she sort of says she's a big champagne fan. Mm. So, for instance, she has a French 75 recipe with gin, but then she also talks about what she calls the kissing cousins. I love that. Mm. Uh, so she talks about how you can do variations on this Around with tequila the and rum. And oh, brandy. nice. But what I love for the uh, entertaining thing, again, she sort of says, well, why not make up several of those options and give your guests the option of, you know, making their own one. So they just shake up the, the gin or the rum and then strain it out and then top it up with champagne. So it makes it yes. nice interactive, yeah, absolutely. So and also people an feel that they're really involved then, don't they? Which is wonderful. Yeah, And, she's, and less work for you. Well, yeah, and, and she picks <laughs> up on that. She talks about wanting to host and not just be the, the bartender. And mm. that goes for all of us. And there's some other recipes. There's a lovely punch recipe, which is made with pims. For the winter, you know, we think of PIMS as something, mm. so she's got a great PIMS punch recipe. And also there's lots and lots of smart tips. And some of them you read and you think, well, I should know that. But then you realise you don't. And a really good one, example, for instance, is like how to estimate how much ice you need. Oh, that's a good one, yeah, actually. Because everyone, us included, mm. have had that time where you run out of ice. You know? So what does she say? Well, she does sort of, It's. she says, if you're making, you're going to make a lot of highballs long drinks estimate on one and a half to two pounds in weight of ice and she says you know don't try and make it all you know buy it in store it so it's all nice and fresh but you know she really emphasizes the importance of not running out of ice Mm. so this is her guesstimate and similarly she's got other suggestions again they sound really obvious but the best suggestions always always are obvious mm. once someone tells you and she says like when she's doing a new year's eve party she always hides away the champagne flutes from everyone so that when you get to the countdown to midnight instead of sort of scurrying around and we've all done it where you're quickly rinsing out the glasses you've been drinking in all evening to do the toast she said you then whip out these lovely fresh <laughs> pristine champagne flutes you know a couple of minutes to midnight so you've got you're ready for the the, the big toast. toast yeah so it's it's a lovely book you know i've focused on christmas and new year but there's great ideas in there for spring and summer and for entertaining generally so i love this book it looks beautiful it has really sumptuous photography and it's available for just 18 pound 99 from guess where amazon and mm. um, <laughs> details of course will be on our website marvelous There should be a book written about the many adventures of Mo Aljaf. When we have some time, we may well do so. But in the meantime, here's a quick summary. Mo started his career in hospitality, working in nightclubs across the world, including Amsterdam, Norway and Spain. First met him at the Bacardi Legacy Global Final in San Francisco. That was in 2016 where he made it through to the final eight out of an impressive 37. Been on our radar ever since. He's a mensch, but he's also the biggest schmuck in the drinks industry. And that's not us being rude, that's his actual moniker. Co-founder and owner of Two Schmucks, the award-winning bar and dynamic brand he started in 2017, he's become one of the most highly regarded figures in the business. Here's why. Not only is he utterly charming, base of five years, he's opened three bars on one street in Barcelona, come one of the most followed Instagrammers in the industry, taught himself how to film and edit, 
launched two clothing collections, been shortlisted for the best international bartender at Tales of the Cocktails, received a top 10 nomination for Best International Cocktail Bar, and Two Schmucks is currently placed at number 26 in the world's 50 best bars list. And it's all down to his engaging personality and unconventional way of doing things. Absolute grafter, but he sure knows how to party. That's what we want to chat to him about today. Mighty Mo, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. When you guys, when you guys are putting it together like that, I'm like, oh man, I did all that. <laughs> you sure did. Kinda, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to look back at sometimes because you know you always keep on moving. But it's yeah, that that made me feel really really good. So thank you guys for that introduction. So Mo, you and your bars they are synonymous with good time drinks. Could you tell us a little bit about how you go about putting these menus together for such great good time drinks? The way that we try to approach it from our bar is that we always try to take, you know, we always try to think about how the night progresses, right? So someone that comes in from 6 p.m. and then someone that's there around 1 a.m. So we always try to do a little bit of like, there's always, for example, there's always a mule on the menu, something super easy, straightforward, because we know that you know, sometimes on a Saturday, just before midnight, maybe you just want to have a couple of mules. You don't want something super experimental and weird and crazy. But then we always try to, like, as you go through the menu, there's always a couple of things that are like, this is something that you won't get anywhere else. This is something that's a little bit more out there. Here's a little bit that we've experimented a bit more with, with the flavors or with how the drink is built. But we always try to keep a good balance between like, all right, let's have these classic bangers that we know are amazing and that we like and then let's do a part of the menu where we go a little bit more into our crazy side and do a bit more of an experimental thing and then as the night progresses we can see which drinks are chosen at a certain part of the night and then as we go towards the end of the night it's more like the highballs and the the mules and that kind of stuff. Did it take you a long time to come up with that format or did you have that right from the get-go? Well, so when we first started Two Schmucks and it was only me and AJ, we didn't have much of a back bar. We had a little corner where we could store some bottles. <laughs> and that was not by by choice. That was by <laughs> that, that was by limitations. So I couldn't really do more than like, let's say, 10 cocktails on the menu, right? And some of them had to be very, very simple. But what I did to kind of fuel my creative side is that we changed the menu every month. So in the beginning, when we started every month, we would change the menu and we did so for around 18 months and we continued into 2020 by changing the menu every month. We would change around 50 to 60% of it, but it also allowed us to constantly see patterns and then adjust them for you know next month and next month. Like, all right, we did these crazy cocktails and this month it was all crazy cocktails, but people kept ordering outside of the menu or we found a balance in this one and people only ordered from the menu or the cocktails weren't good on this one. And a bunch of people ended up ordering like gin tonics or beers and shots and things like that. So every month, like every month it gave us, it gave us like kind of R and D into our neighborhood and into the pattern of the people that come to our bar. And I honestly recommend anyone who's starting new in a new neighborhood to be very, very adaptable and change things up a lot. You know, because it's like we approach building the bar space the same thing. We never really finish it before we open. We get it to like 60% and then we're like, okay. And the last touches, we have to decide after hundreds of people have walked through the space. Because as soon as people walk through the space, like you start noticing things. Oh, you know that thing we put on the wall? Yeah, it keeps breaking, (laughs) touching it. (laughs) You know, so it's kind of like, we kind of learned this by doing this method of like month by month, changing the menu and seeing the patterns. And finally, we settled on like, okay, we want to have a couple of, you know, a couple of bangers, a couple of drinks that everyone loves that are easy going. And then we want to mix it with a little bit of like, oh, this is something cool, like a, a goat milk, beetroot, elderflower cocktail, right? Something that's like, all right. And then we also have something like, our own version of like what a mojito is on the menu. So both those things exist on the same menu. 
actually, with that in mind, could you just tell us a little bit more about some of those drinks? Because you, you, you named two there, but if you could tell us a little bit more about some of the real crowd pleasers, those crazy drinks you're talking about. Well, I think that unlike the crowd pleaser side that we do, we try to take, we try to take the drinks that everyone knows, everyone knows the name of, like a mule or a mojito or, you know, some kind of easygoing highballs. And then we try to kind of up them to a level where, like, the idea is that, oh, this is the best mojito in town or this is, this is the best mule. So for the mojito, for example, it comes out for us like a vodka soda. We carbonate it and put it on the tap. And the difference between carbonating the entire drink is that the rum is carbonated, all the ingredients are carbonated. So it's not just a splash of soda. So it's a lot more fizzy. And then we distillate the mint with the rum. So you get this, the mint punch in, the, in that drink, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you have that chewing gum and you kind of take a deep breath in and you get that cold. That like, mint you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the mint flavor comes in like that. And it's always fun to see people going like, this is your mojito? Because it looks like a vodka soda. And then they try it and then they're like, holy hell, this is this is cool. So, uh, or like the mule that we do, we really just do like a really, really potent ginger syrup. Because for me with the mule, I'm like, I want it really, really strong. Most ginger beers, in my opinion, are a little bit sweeter than what I like. So... Again, we carbonate the entire thing. So the spirit is carbonated, uh, the ginger is carbonated. And we just try to take these classic and kind of up them as crowd pleasers. Whereas the crazy experimental drinks that we have, more likely it's kind of, we take almost all our drink inspirations of flavor combinations. I would say from a, from kind of memories or good dishes that we like. That's that's mainly like like our biggest drink from when we started was the curry colada. Curry colada. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's like a clarified milk punch pina colada with madras curry. And that drink is basically, um, I used to live in India for a year and I lived in Thailand for a year. And in Thailand, they have the curries with both pineapple and coconut. So I was like, pina colada will work for sure, right? And then, but the Thai curries, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't strong enough for the drink. They didn't come through on the other side of the milk punch. And so we used the Madras curry instead, which is a, which is an Indian curry. I bet people are really intrigued by that as well, aren't they? Yeah, hell yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, as we change the menu month by month, there was one month where I took the curry colada away and I get sh- I got shouted at by regulars. <laughs> <laughs> like, what'd you do? Bring it back, you know? Uh, or like uh, Paul Modest, uh, Paul who works with us, she's really, she's really good at that as well. She created that. So there's a chef that she really likes and follows who made the salad with smoked beetroot, um, elderflower and goat cheese and walnuts. And so she took that and made like a mezcal drink with beetroot juice, Saint Germain as elderflower. And, and she used a goat milk as a clarified milk punch, but the goat whey gave a little bit of that goat cheese, goat milk flavor. And then we garnish it with a candied walnut. So it's kind of like, those are the drinks that for us are super creative and that we love to do. It's like, how do we take this flavor combo that we love from this dish? And let's make that liquid. So now we're, we're talking about having parties at home because it's the party season and you are our party guy. So, you know, we want to ask you for some tips on making party drinks at home. So you're having a party yourself. Which cocktails or drinks would you always have on your menu? I think if you're doing a cocktail at home or if you're doing a party at home, want to make the drinks as simple as possible. You know, the best ingredient for having a good house party is being a good host. And you're not going to be a good host with being, you know, let me just make these drinks. You know, at the end of the night, people are going to come up and be like, where were you all night? You know, (laughs) we wanted to hang out. We wanted to spend time with you. So I think that when you approach it, it's, it's all about batching and making super simple stuff. Being able to like batch a martini and maybe put it in the freezer right before everyone comes. We'll make sure that it doesn't freeze because it's not enough time but that is super cold you know being able to kind of do these super simple highballs that maybe you batch ahead of time so for example at this at this one event where there weren't going to be a bar we were just going to be on a counter we had this drink that was uh, a twist on a tequila and tonic 
And it was with Kila, Peridiv, Yellow Chartreuse, and an acid solution instead of lime. But it's, it was it was easy for us to just put that in a bottle, and then just pour that up like a gin and tonic. But then when people would get the drink, they'd be like, "Oh, there's a lot of flavors here that are you know cool and crazy, easygoing drink." But I think the less time you can spend making the drinks, the better when you're at home. And I mean that's really good advice for people like us at home. And what the one thing that I always find really, really difficult, and I'm hoping you can solve this for me, is how, how do you actually guesstimate how much alcohol we should be getting in for an evening? Because there's that fear that we're going to run out, even if we're pre-batching it. You know, how, how do you actually work the numbers out? Well, I always overstock. <laughs> and if you uh, if you speak with our accountant, he'll be he'll be he'll be really busy about this as well. Because I'm always like order extra. You know, I was like, if we're not going to use it this week, we'll use it next week. Obviously, it's a different thing for a bar. But I think it's kind of similar for home. Like, if you're not going to use it, you will use it later at a certain point, right? It's not the last party you will ever host. <laughs> so I think for us, it's always like, you know, think about what you want and then get like 20, 30% extra. But is is there anything on a kind of, you know, some people say, oh, you have to allow for x amount of serves per people is there is there is there a sort of thing that we can go by with that any sort of rule of thumb um no not for me for me because it's <laughs> like because it's like if i if i like if i like host a party it's kind of like oh that person is not drinking and then that person is drinking for two you know <laughs> and it's always it's always like because like people are people so it's always like all right, just just make sure it is enough. You know, like like think like okay, maybe let's 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 think about bottle a person or something like that, and then just up it by twenty thirty percent. But my I guess like my rule of thumb is always overstock. Use it sooner or later. Okay, we're we're definitely coming to your parties. <laughs> <laughs> We've been yes. to a couple of your parties. They're always great, though. That's why. Yay! <laughs> And so moving on to food, um, any tips on what people should serve at home or think of serving at home if they're having a, a nice little cocktail party at home? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan always of charcuterie. And I think that nowadays you have all these little places that do these, you know, not just your typical supermarket Tesco charcuterie you know but like they do these really good and crazy kind of there's these um, for example in barcelona we got these guys called rooftop smokehouse and they actually dis- distribute a lot of their ingredients to a lot of michelin star chefs but then they also have a daily storefront so you can go there and you can get like cold smoked butter you can get all these kind of like uh, they do a lot with like what like smoking, so you can get a lot of these amazing ingredients that they make and that they make for top restaurants. But you can just buy them for home, and I'm sure that you got guys got the same thing in London. I think that most most big cities have these places, and I think that a good a good kind of variety of that. Because it also kind of allows for you to just be around and like like every time we've done, for example, our anniversary party. When we start with it, we just host people with a couple of aperitifs in the beginning. And it's always like the easiest thing is to always just do like one big spread, you know, of a little bit of everything. And then do kind of like a self-serve. Because again, you just want it to be there. And going back again to the main ingredient, I think, of hosting a party is that you just want to be there for the people. So you don't want to be, again, in the kitchen doing a whole bunch of stuff. So if you can pre-prepare it and just do like a nice spread. I think that's that's your go-to, and then you can just spend time with the people and actually catch up. Perfect. So we've talked about the batching, we've talked about the food. So, and you said at the beginning the important thing is to be the host. So, what 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 is a perfect host? So, yeah, this is a this is a loaded question. I think that you know there's a, something in kind of like what Gary Regan used to say about guests happier when they leave than when they arrived. Right. There's something about kind of like making someone feel better kind of throughout the night. But I also think that and this is how we treat it in in my bars is that we always try to. And obviously this was not <laughs> the great thing to do before the pandemic. But the way we build my like two schmucks and the way that we build a bar is that we build them with a lot of sharing tables. We feel that our our mission is to get people together. 
you know, kind of like Nokia, connecting people. <laughs> it's kind of like just get people together, get people to speak with each other. You know, I think that that's like one of the one of the nicest thing you can do. And sometimes, you know, you get two couples together, or sometimes two guys just came in by themselves or whatever. And you know, you as the bartender get them to speak with each other, and then all of a sudden they're there the whole night about whatever having a good conversation and then you leave going like oh wow i went into that bar by myself and i left like knowing all these people and getting to know all these people specifically in a city like barcelona where there's a lot of visitors but i think it's all about kind of like connecting people like getting people to speak with each other like if you guys have a group of you know five different friends and maybe some of them don't know each other it's about you know getting them in the same room and Here's these people. This is why I like them. And here are these people. This is why I like them. And I think you guys would like each other and, you know, get with each other and have a chat with each other. You know, I think that 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 for me is what I love to do when I'm hosting. No wonder you see you're very good at it and you make it seem really easy. And that's the other thing you want to be to make it all effortless as well. So that's amazing. Thank you. And we'll just go back to a couple of more tips just to see, because, you know, we have spoken about batching and and things like that. But are there any other tips that you can give people on making it easier to plan their party and to make the evening go successfully? So anything that they can do ahead to give them the time to be the perfect host? Well, I think I think the main thing is that whatever it is that you're serving, you want that to be done ahead of time. You don't want to try to finish it while you're there. I think I think this is the thing. I think like the more you have done ahead of time, like when we do these pop-up events, for example, you know, uh, we make sure that everything, almost everything is done ahead of time. So that, and you guys have been to a few of those parties so that we have the time to kind of party with the guys who are coming and visiting. If I'm in Athens and doing an event, I want to make sure that what I'm serving there is as much as I can done ahead of time so I can have a time to speak with all these people that are coming to the event that has come to see us instead of just having my head down in the bar. And sometimes that's obviously made easier two or three people. Now when we do our events, we always go two or three people so we can make someone the host and someone can do this stuff. And I guess that would be maybe another another tip. If you have if you have a colleague or someone that can help you out, definitely definitely get them on board. <laughs> and and any any advice on things like playlists or, you know, getting all of that together to create a perfect mood? Yes. If you want an infinite amount of really good playlists, here's what you do. You go to Spotify, I'm assuming you have Spotify, and you make a playlist of like 30 songs that you love for the event, right? But 30 songs will finish in an hour. And then you'll be like, oh, what are we going to play? And the last thing you want is drunk people going like, play this, play this, <laughs> put on some Bohemian Rhapsody, let's go. So what you do is that Spotify has this, has this radio feature where the algorithm of Spotify will take either a song, an artist, an album, or an entire playlist. It will kind of review it, and it will make a playlist based on that using its algorithm for what songs are similar. And it's kind of like every... So every day we come into the bar, this is how we always keep the music new. We have like, oh, you know what? I really like this Tyler, the Creator album. I'm just going to play a radio off it. And the radio off it uses some of the Tyler the Creator songs and some songs from other artists that are very similar in the same genre. And it just keeps it fresh and keeps it new. That is amazing. You've given us so many great ideas there. Our next party is going to be the best. <laughs> yes, laybacks, laybacks for everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mo. It's been all, as always, a real pleasure to talk to you. And for anybody who wants to follow Mo and see all of his amazing activities on Instagram, we will have all of the details for Two Schmucks and his other two bars on our Instagram feed and on our website. And if you're next in Barcelona, make sure that you visit the three bars. Thank you, Mo. And we look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. So happy I got to chat with you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please tell your friends and make sure you never miss another episode by simply subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. For more details on the people, places and products mentioned today, head over to our website, thecocktaillovers.com.